I'm Jacqueline Rinksmeyer, Executive Director of the Greater Medina Chamber of Commerce, and it is my honor to be the guest host for the first Coffee with the Health Commissioner podcast in celebration of National Public Health Week, which happens to be April 5th through the 11th. So thank you very much for having me today, Krista. Thank you so much for being here, Jacqueline. I appreciate that. Yeah, I thought we could start with a little bit about you. How long have you been with the health department and, and what brought you to public health overall? 2021 marks my 29th year in public health, actually. Wow. In public health in Ohio. I've been a health commissioner for 16 years. This is my ninth year here in Medina County. And prior to that, I was in Morrow County. Okay. So smaller, rural, um, between um, Delaware and Richland County on 71 as you're going down to Columbus. You know, okay. Seen, um, so I've been here, and um, what brought me into public health, uh, gosh, it goes all the way back to undergrad. I'm actually a social worker by training. I don't know, a lot of people probably don't know that about me, but um, I am a social worker at heart, and early on, I saw um, this intersection between the quality of life that people had and, and their health. You, you, you could see that. I was a gerontology minor, working a lot with older adults, okay. and um that idea that that policies and programs and and access could really change someone's life and how the quality that they have in their life. Um, that's really what got me into public health. Came to Ohio when I married my husband and um, went to public health school at Ohio State University and did social work there as well. And the rest is kind of just been um, kind of unfolding over time, really. Sure, sure. I'm glad that it brought you to Medina County, the path that you took. We're grateful to have you. So tell me a little bit about what public health's role is in Medina County. So public health, I think a lot of times, Jacqueline, people people think about vaccination, even, out, even outside of COVID times. Right. I right. think people maybe think about maybe childhood vaccinations. Um, and in a rural community, you may think um, septic tanks and septic systems and things like that, and maybe birth certificates. I think those are the things in people's minds that they are most familiar with because sure. those are the things that um, they would probably think about accessing most readily. Sure. And then probably beyond that, people think of some of our regulatory side, the inspection side, the things that we do, like in restaurants and, and things like that. Um, but really, public health has a has a bigger and broader role within a within a, a community. Our job, really, and it's in the Ohio law, is really to safeguard the health of everyone who lives in our community. So for us, that means looking at issues that are affecting people's health. Looking at we look at we look at car crashes. We look at um, causes of death. We look at um, reasons for disabilities. We look at um, all of the fact, the underlying factors of, of screenings and how frequently things happen or how early cancer is detected. I mean, when I just think about the breadth of all that we do, um, I just, I see that role is so large. Um, it's mostly hidden to the public. I think that's one of the reasons why we were thinking about this podcast as a way to introduce people to the different programs and the different professionals who are working in those programs um, to promote health and well-being of our citizens from the time they were born until um, their final days um, here on Earth. You know, we really um, strive to make that high level of health be something that um, we can provide here in this county and really encourage. 
Very interesting. So there's a lot of data that you're using to drive decision-making, planning processes and things like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the, the thing with Medina, we're, we're a large county, mm-hmm. we're, but we're also very, you know, we have cities, we have, our, we have our villages, we have townships, we have some townships that are as big as our cities. Um, and we're that suburb community outside mm-hmm. of two urban areas, we right. have a lot of commuters, but we have a whole agricultural side and, and there's so much, there's so much within our county that for us to, to really look, drill down and look at what affects health or what promotes health is different in different, in different parts of the county and in different um, communities, even within the county. Sure. That's very interesting. And you touched on it a little bit. You talked about um, COVID-19, and obviously I think that's what I've on everybody's mind when it comes to health department currently. But there is a whole host of other things that you offer the community as far as services go. What are some of those that you'd like to highlight today? One of the largest programs that we have, um, we have our health center. But beyond our health center, for many years, we've done the Women, Infant, and Children program, the WIC program. Okay. And that... That um, works with um, families that have children under the age of three. We also work with pregnant moms who are getting ready to have their baby to make sure that there is good nutrition and good um, like nutrition education and the promotion of that um, for healthy young families. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that, which actually would probably speak to you um, through, through the chamber, is the economic development aspect of that right. because all of those coupons – that we issue and get out um, into the into our fa- the hands of our families, then go to um, grocery stores right here in our county. Yes, yep. absolutely, and that's an, like an economic driver. Mm-hmm. So I, that program really has that has that multifold process, working with families and and working with young young parents and learning how to um, engage with your child and and do developmental things. Um, we do that. In WIC, we do it in our homebound program. We do it in our children with medical handicaps program. We do it with early intervention. There's really a lot that we do with young families to get that good start. And it used to be years ago, you lived in the community where you grew up. Right. And we have so many families now that don't have their parents right here, that don't have that trusted person to ask that question to. And mm-hmm. so we have dietitians and nurses and, um, and um, breastfeeding specialists and su- peer support um, to really help be that for families. And us in conjunction with um, some great community organizations and partners um, to really bring that to families. So that's one of the, and those, that's a, a very large program for us that, um, that you, you, people may not be familiar with if they never use the program themselves. Mm-hmm. So and then some of the other things, you know, are kind of those really tucked in hidden things in the summertime we do um, mosquito, um, we don't do mosquito spraying uh, except on limited basis, but we have a whole system that we use computers to guide us, and we um, put um, tablets into standing water that will okay. last over a period of, of the summer and stop with mosquito breeding. And, really? Yep, and we use GIS to do that, and we because we, we know where all the basins are that hold water throughout the county. Okay. We have a whole system. We bring interns in who are looking at possible careers in public health, and we employ them for the summer. Wonderful. And uh, we send them out um, to do that project. Uh, another summertime project that I think is gaining a little bit more um, understanding from, from folks is our tick identification program. Okay. So if you have a tick. There, there's a variety of ticks there, out there. There are, very, there are okay. many ticks. And so you can bring your tick in here, and we have an entomologist on standby. We have a high-density or a high-resolution camera. 
Okay. We can take that picture and send that to the entomologist who can identify that. So that we is, would know what type of illnesses you might be prone to if that tick was embedded in you. Okay, so I have to ask, is yeah. there special bring your tick to the health department day, or can this happen any day? It happens any day. Okay. We just, mm -hmm. yeah, just put it in a container. Okay, yes, that's <laughs> real good advice, yeah, real yeah. good advice. There. You know, um, so we also, I mean, we get bats in all the time. We have a bat, really? have a bat program. Okay. Yeah, if somebody had a bat that was inside their home and they weren't sure if they had been, you know, exposed in some way to saliva, mm -hmm. um, we'd bring it in, and we actually send that to the lab and test it for rabies. Interesting. Yep. These are the best kept secrets yeah. of the health those department. Are free those you. are free. They're all free programs to the public. Anybody you know, can access anybody those. Anybody can access any of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. I was going to ask you too, going back to when you were talking about all the things that you do for young families, mm -hmm. who can access those services? Yeah. So you know, you can just walk in our doors and access really? those services. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. The WIC program is a federal program, mm -hmm. and the other things that we do, we just offer them to the public. You just you just walk in our doors. Is the health department open now for people to come in, or are you asking them to call? We are. Email? We are. Yeah. It, so during the during the period when when um, the COVID numbers were very high, we did close down um, our lobby, and we had mm -hmm. people coming in. Um, when we had um, further appointments, we had them coming in. But um, now we've, we've opened up uh, on a limited basis. Our lobby is open um, for our health center okay. program. And you can now come into the lobby to get birth certificates. Before, you'd have to call ahead and we just walk them out sure. to your car. Now we're, we're, we're starting to gradually reopen that. That's great. certificates was one of them. You know, a lot of health departments shut down their vital statistics or really limited their hours um, during COVID, but we maintained that the whole time Good, uh, because it was important. We felt for people to be able to get those official documents that they needed right. in a timely way. I think they're called vital for a reason, right? Yeah. Yes. yes we'll need them. I like it. So the health department has so many programs going on and you're going to have several more podcasts that you can focus in on other areas, but what are some of the specific areas of focus you have for Medina County moving forward? So before COVID, we had, and we still have, a community health improvement plan okay. for the entire county. And that was developed by a, a large cross-section of, of the public, of agencies, individuals who came together under the Living Well Medina County umbrella gotcha. to really look at what are the greatest health issues, what are the things that we need to address immediately, and what are some areas where if we put um, concerted effort from all angles at it, that we can make a difference in the health of the, in the, health of the community. So um, cardiovascular disease, um, very specific. We have some very specific programming around um, mental health. And so certainly, important. Yeah, yeah. And so um, those were two areas that, and that were um, kind of like large umbrellas. And then within them, a lot of other initiatives. But I think um, looking at this past year with COVID, um, I know that the two, the two things that we really need to look at very closely are mental health support mm -hmm. across the board. Um, that's going to be so important. And then also um, getting people back into primary care because we know that people put off out of, out of well, parts of it were closed. Right. Some of it the was out of fear. Some of it's just... Now it's, um, I really don't want to think about health. I've been thinking about COVID all year, you know, right. so just kind of where we are with all of that, with, with screenings, early detection, 
um, even just as simple as going in for your blood pressure check and having right. a conversation All the with your doctors, everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, te the whole thing, everything really. So I think moving forward in the next year, um, mental health and, and preventive care and kind of getting back into that are going to be the two biggest areas for us to really kind of focus efforts and, and to have conversations around what we're doing as a county about those things. Sure. The community health improvement plan that you referenced, is that something the public can view? Oh, a oh absolutely. Yeah. So we have the community health assessment, which is all the data okay. that was collected that informed the community health improvement plan. But you can find both of those on the health, two places, the health department website. So that's medinahealth.org under the community tab under data reports. And you got to okay. scroll down a little bit. Or you can go to livingwellmedinacounty.com. And that is a location where when our work groups are up and running in person, we'll, we'll have that real vibrant again. And people can follow what's happening with the data, what's happening with different programming and things like that on that special website we set aside um, to really be a way to engage the public and not necessarily have it feel like it's owned by the health department because right. we don't own it. We help facilitate the discussion and the, mm -hmm. we're kind of the kind of keeping groups moving and things, but it's really an improvement plan that all of us own. It's bigger than it's just bigger the than health the health department. department. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Great. I would encourage everybody to check that out. My other question that I'd love to circle back to, unfortunately, coming out of this COVID year, you had talked about mental health was already a focus prior to COVID, and it's become even more important now. I think so. I wondered if you could touch on some of the the plans that you may have in place to help educate on mental health as well? Sure. Well, you know, our pri prior to COVID, we had already as a county expanded um, the number of just providers in general. Mm -hmm. You know, we had different, some new agencies coming into the community. We also expanded um, what had been our the 24-hour um, helpline and, and how and who the, who who gets who gets the answers and, and how those are handled that got expanded. Um, another big initiative um, really is the suicide coalition, the prevent mm -hmm. suicide prevention coalition. And they you're familiar for years had been doing engaging students and the and the projects so and things like that. Um, they had begun doing work um, based on data, looking at ways to get messaging out, particularly to men, to, mm -hmm. to men of a sort of of that middle age, um, to encourage men to not feel ashamed to say, hey, I might need some help, or how to recognize that, that hey, I, I have somebody, how do I talk to somebody about, maybe, you know, maybe you should talk to somebody, that type of thing. So um, that was happening. We've also have this mental health first aid and I know in the coming year, that's going to be something we'll offer more often. Right. Just that way to have that conversation to feel comfortable. Uh, I, I think that's part of it. You know, mm -hmm. folks don't want it, to, it's still something we don't talk openly about, but I'm really hoping that after this COVID year, that people will feel like, oh man, we got to talk about my mental health because my mental right. health is shot, you know? Right, the stigma <laughs> is yeah. like being reduced around yeah. it. I think we all experience some form yeah. of, mild depression, et cetera, et cetera, with everything that was going on and just confusion of yeah. know, what was tomorrow going to be. Exactly. So. Exactly. Krista, if someone's listening today and they think they need help or know somebody that needs help, where can we direct them? So in Medina County, there's we have a crisis line. It's 330-725-9195. 
or if they feel more comfortable texting, that, mm-hmm. that's a real, it's a, um, it's a way to reach out for help. And, and it it's feels an a little easier, bit more easier to yeah. kind of make that first ask. You can just text 741-741. So important. Response. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. The other thing that I have on my notes that I wanted to make sure we touched on today is talking about what an FQHC is and why that's significant to Madonna County. And I'm going to guess most of our listeners don't know what an FQHC is. So if you could spoon feed that to us, we'd love it. Yeah, it's part of that federal alphabet soup. (laughs) Sounds important. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is really important for Medina County. So here at the health department, we had some part-time clinics. We had some nurse practitioners a couple days a month, and and we're really kind of doing some sporadic care. Then, of course, more than a decade ago, we opened up our, our dental clinic. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so, but what we were seeing were so many people in our dental clinic who didn't have a medical home. Mm-hmm. And there were there were dental issues that were actually affecting their medical health. Sure. And so, but we didn't have a doctor on staff. We didn't have have a way to really easily connect them. So, um, we looked at starting to change how we operated as a as a health department and what we could offer. So, um, after some, we worked with the with our medical community and um, put in an application to the federal government to change our status from a health department clinic what's called a federally qualified health center and for listeners all that means is that we do all of our services on a sliding fee scale absolutely everything and we look at at we offer primary care women's health we it folds in our dental care that we're able to provide Um, we really help and work with the entire person and we do it regardless of insurance or anything else that's wonderful we offer that Five days a week, we have evening hours, um, and the ability to, to help with transportation, Uber Health to get people here. We have a social worker on staff to kind of connect people up with other programs they might be eligible for. So okay. it's really kind of for us that next step of being able to do everything we can um, to help promote health for folks. Sure. So in Medina County, if anybody has a need, they mm-hmm. should call the health department because there would be a way to assist them. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. How common it is, is it for health departments to become the FQHC? It's not very common. Okay. It's not very common. There are five of us in Ohio oh, wow. that have okay. made that change. Most of the most of the health centers are freestanding, independent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several up in Cleveland. There's several over in Summit County. Okay. Um, Richland County has one, um, but we had none that readily and easily serviced Medina County. And so, um, and what we know here is that we have many seniors who live on a very fixed income. Sure. Um, which we saw a lot of, we see a lot of seniors in our dental program. But then we also know that we have individuals who um, maybe don't have health insurance through their through their provider or their employer and they have a high deductible plan or they have a lot of there's a lot of different things now right with a lot of different barriers to healthcare. yeah 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 yeah. and for and you know for us um it's just a friendly easy place for people to come and and to get care and certainly there's there's a lot of other medical care out there but we have a lot of we have a lot of residents in our county yes and so um we just we want our location to be an option Mm -hmm. um, particularly for people um, that are looking for that connection and assistance with other programs. Wonderful. So 
I have been lucky enough, like I said, I was the first host of your Coffee with a Health Commissioner podcast, and I'm looking at my notes, and I just want to make sure, is there anything that I haven't asked you today that you were hoping to cover? Oh, gosh, no. I'll, I'll tell you, Jacqueline, you and I can sit and talk. For I know. <laughs> we can sit just and wait till we stop recording. I know, I was going to say, we could talk for hours on it. No, I, I think this is a nice introduction. You know, I can talk about public health just for hours on end, um, but I really, what I'm really excited about is giving listeners the opportunity to hear from our actual staff and partners and people who work on different activities here and, and do work in the county. I'm really, I'm looking forward to kind of giving people that behind the scenes, you know, look at yeah. how some of that works and the opportunity to, to hear from not just me, um, but from the people who are doing the work, which are which are the important folks in all of this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to hand over my hosting duties. I believe you'll be taking over for the remainder of the podcast. And in the interim, I would encourage anybody listening to visit the website to find out all of the services available to the county. And I would also say that call with any questions. You guys are very accessible. Absolutely. We're, we're here and, and ready to help. Great. Thanks, Krista. Thanks, Jacqueline.